Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And hello and welcome to my TED Talk. Today, I'm going to be discussing how the use of the term daddy changed dramatically after the release of Hellraiser in 1987. Now, as you can see here in Exhibit A, the term daddy before Hellraiser was reserved to a father figure. You'd be like, can I have some milk, daddy? And your daddy would be like, oh, yes, daddy will give you some milk. But after Hellraiser, the term became reserved more for the kinkies. And as we now have a demonstration from my good friend and fellow doctor, Zach, we will see how this term has changed. Uh, first here, we have a child. Child, you may say daddy. Ah, oh, daddy! Can you buy me a golden ticket, daddy? Ah, uh, yes, see? A proper, proper use of the word daddy. But after the movie Hellraiser, this has become uncomfortable. Did you not cringe during that? Oh, I cringe constantly. Yes, that's your constant facial setting. And uh, now we have an adult saying daddy. Daddy! (laughs) See how it has changed into a more sexual term. Now that uh, I've said it. Exactly. Daddy. Why, it does feel quite hot and bothersome. Yes. Mm, Yes, daddy. Hello and welcome. (laughs) To oldie but a goodie, and I think we can both agree that that intro was an oldie. Yeah, but a goodie. Uh, our cold opens really do throw people off, but I love it. It's great. It threw me off because you didn't tell me what you were doing. <laughs> I just started it. Yeah. Usually we debrief on what the intro is going to be, uh, but not for this one. No, I just decided to throw you into no. the deep end. Throw me into the daddy end. The daddy end. Uh, <laughs> podcast, we talk about movies from 1987 in the order they came out in, and this week we are talking about the um, kind of classic film Hellraiser. I'd say it's a classic. Uh, and my name's Sandro and your name is Zach. Classic for its error, I think. I think, uh, like, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely up there with things that people think about when they think about old horror movie sort of things, so... Do they, or do they just think of Pinhead? That's, that's... I'm not saying this is a bad movie, but... Mm. It's a... It's the classic horror film that even hardcore horror fans haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. But everyone knows Pinhead, but not necessarily the movie. Well, that, that, that's not necessarily bad for the movie, it's just saying it had great visuals, you know? True. Great design, so... Uh, yeah. No, it's an interesting one, because Pinhead has become a staple of the genre. Mm. But, yeah, I know so many people who have never seen Hellraiser, but are like, Pinhead mm. looks kind of cool. And I think I think that I think that's really indicative of a, a sort of classic movie, is that you might not have seen it, but you would recognise it, you mm. know, in pop culture and other things, so... Yeah. I would argue that, yes, it's a classic, but not in the way that a lot of other classic movies are, like... The Godfather, it's not the classic right. or like that, you know. Yeah. And not like a not like a Elm Street, which is exactly what you expect it to be. You know, it's just Freddy. It's a classic because of its visual design and also of how 
Um, just sort of different it is from a lot yeah. of other ones as well. Yeah. Yeah, first impressions. What do you think of Hellraiser? Well, okay, what? Well, what? Well, great, well, great well. segue. I would, I'll get them to a, in a second. I just want to point out what a great segue that mm. was into that section mm. and how I am butchering it now because I'm actually almost deliberately oh, <laughs> making yes. the segue. Well, they do They do call me Segway Sandy. Segway Sandy. And the running joke for this episode now. <laughs> uh, no, it's Segway Sandy Daddy. Oh, I believe yeah. it's the fault. No, 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 no. They called oh, me. No. They called me the Segway Daddy. <laughs> the Segway Daddy. <laughs> mm. Absolutely, absolutely. So my first impressions of this movie are that ah, oh, it was it was very cool. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, mm. It wasn't as what I expected mm. going into it. Although I wasn't expecting anything, it just wasn't this. Were you expecting a slasher with Pinhead? Yeah, I was thinking Pinhead was, like, because he's such an iconic figure that he's around, that he would have, one, more screen time, and two, (laughs) more plot influence. But no, he's just this sort of figure that's there. But I I actually quite liked it. I liked it a lot, that they were just like, no, it's more about what's happening in this family and how... That lady is a complete the worst person. In Everyone the world. in the family is the worst, aside from the daughter. Really, <laughs> they're just—they're all bad. They're not great. Uh, the husband's okay. Oh, actually, yeah. No, I read the book as well. The short story mm. that this is based off, and he's a—he's a real piece of work in the book. Oh, nice. But in the movie, yeah, no, he is fine in the movie. Yeah, he's not great. He's not a great husband, but he's not a bad person. You mm. know, he's just a bad husband. In the yeah, movie. and really, who isn't? Quite frankly. Wow. Okay. Well, that's something mm. you and your therapist need to talk about, Sandro. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've got a lot of issues to work through with my therapist before to get to that. First of all, I always call my therapist "Oh, Doctor Daddy," and they don't like Dr. it. We've been working yeah, through yeah. that previ- like for the last yeah. little while. So. Yeah, I can see why she would be offended. Um, um, yeah, and she's like, "Doctor Mummy, please." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I keep obviously. insisting on Dr. Daddy. <laughs> and you have to get get through your father issues first, you know, <laughs> before you get to your marriage ones. Anyway, the visuals were great. I quite Ooh. enjoyed the movie's just a bit wacky plot. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty different. Um, And I liked hating on the wife. Well, she sucks, but also, like, in a in a human way. You can see where she's mm. coming from. Like, it's not like she's the big bad and you've got to yeah, hate her. Yeah. But how does she not realise she's going to be portrayed in the end? Well, <laughs> like, come on. Although it didn't, it didn't work out how how I thought it would. Yeah, no, yeah. it's um, it's good. It's not all great. There's some ideas that don't mm. entirely stick the landing. Some of the the uh, special CGI effects are mm. pretty bad. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought the effects were alright. They did it. They did um, it fine. Yeah. The practical effects were obviously way better than the CGI effects, and that was definitely an issue. But because the practical effects were so good, it makes yes. the the CGI effects look even look worse. Quite bad. Yeah, yeah, that they even were. And it's quite a low budget movie as well, and they did a good job getting around that. Like all the practical effects are in shadows, mm. which is quite good. There's one, yeah, the scorpion thing that didn't look amazing. Because it was like quite close up, it didn't work as well, but it was still it was a <laughs> yeah. very cool well, that that stupid slap fight that they had was yeah. very, very janky. 
Well, I'm keen to yeah, delve deeper into this movie with Daddy. But uh, first, what, what, what were the alternate options? Well, nice Segway Daddy. Good work. Well, I am the Segway Daddy. <laughs> Yeah, good work, Segway Daddy. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Mm, but we will. We will. <laughs> so, your other options were Amazon Woman on the Moon. Oh, that's right. Yep. Or as I like to call it, Amazon Daddy on the Moon. That, mm, that's right, I'm doing this for all of the movies. They're all getting replaced with the word Daddy. Know. Amazon Daddy. <laughs> Parody of a low-budget sci-fi movies. It's uh, 21 short sketches. Mm, probably going to be a Patreon option at some point, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, we have uh, Fatal Attraction. Or as I like to call it, Daddy Attraction. Or <laughs> Fatal oh, Daddy. Both work love, very love. well. I think Daddy Attraction's my favourite of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A married man who... Has a weekend affair with a woman who refuses to allow it to end and becomes obsessed, obsessed. with it. Oh, it's the same as this movie, but without the horror aspects. Or or the enjoyable aspects. Um, Mar- Maurice. Or as I like to call it, Daddy. <laughs> that one doesn't work so well. No, it doesn't. It's a story of a repressed gay love during the early 19th hundreds. I like to call this movie Mmm Daddy. You put the mmm at the mm, beginning. Mmm Daddy. Yeah. I watched this film. Oh, okay. Uh, look, it was two and a half hours long. Wow, that is a long one. I love a long movie. We love long... Well, I love long movies more than you, maybe. Yeah, it depends on the movie. It if depends. it's a good movie, I like it to be long. If it's uh, dragging it out unnecessarily, it's The Hobbit. And you know what I say, <laughs> Daddy loves them long. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> as is, it was a good movie. Was it too long? Maybe. It is based off a book, and I feel like they added everything. There was a scene where a stuffy English professor teaches a boy about the birds and the bees by drawing, like, images in the sand at the beach. And then this family come by after they've left and are like, Oh, cover your eyes, children, don't look at the drawings. <laughs> Yeah, it's very funny. That is incredible. Yeah, you know what? 10 out of 10 movie. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Anyway, it, it's a goodie. Continue. Uh, the Pickup Artist. Or as I like to call it, The Pickup Daddy. <laughs> the Pickup Daddy. Robbie Downey Jr. Robbie Daddy Jr. <laughs> He's my Pickup Daddy. <laughs> He's a womanizing Pickup Artist, or Pickup Daddy, mm-hmm. as we know. Pickup Daddy. Who uh, accidentally falls in love. Oh, no. Uh, love Robbie Downey Jr. Hate the concept of the this movie mm-hmm. the principal or as i like to call it the daddy pool Ooh. oh wait that makes it worse <laughs> <laughs> why did you do that jim uh Beleshi teams up with uh security guards of the school he's principal of to stop drugs from getting in great tough guys don't dance. Tough daddies don't dance. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. A writer wakes up with a tattoo and a girlfriend, and he's like, how did this happen? That one, that, that's right. Maybe he's a dad. We don't know. Maybe he is a dad. Anyway, the only real... Well, I mean, I've watched Maurice, but Amazon Women is definitely the uh, the other pick there. Yeah, we would definitely need to do that at some point. But we couldn't pass up Hellraiser, which we'll get into now. Uh, now, here's the thing with Hellraiser. Here's the thing with Hellraiser. It is technically an independent uh, horror film. Very low budget, released by a very small distributor, 
And um, because of this, it actually premiered at the Cannes Film Festival in France earlier in the year. Mm. So this is technically a festival movie. The release date we're going by is the American release date, which is the 18th of September. Mm. But it did get released like a week earlier in the UK because this is a British film. Mm. The film itself is written and directed by Clive Barker, who also wrote the original short story that the movie is based off. Well, I would say that he's uh, barking up the right tree. Oh. So he he wrote the story as well? He wrote the short story? Yeah, he was a pretty big... Well, no, he still is a pretty big horror author. Mm. Wow, that's cool. Not only the one who actually wrote it, but Mm. actually directed the movie. So you get... That's... That's, uh, I think sometimes that's the reason you get bad, is the the people don't understand what made the book good and other things. So yeah. I, th- I think he's done this one justice. He's done quite yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, it can go in many different ways. Like, for example, mm. The Shining, that's mm. incredible, but nothing like the book. And then Stephen King yeah. made his own adaptation that's closer to the book, and it's one of the worst things ever. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. It can it, go the other way. It can go in different ways, but I think because it's based off a short story, there's a lot of room for things to change, mm. for things to be expanded upon, and that does kind of suit quite well into the film format. Mm. And yeah, he did a really good job. Like, it's not the best directing that we've seen, but it's it's really mm. solid, particularly how he like hides the practical effects and everything. Um, another one of the short stories that he wrote, The Forbidden, was turned into the Candyman franchise as well, and that new Candyman film just came out, and I'm pretty keen to see it whenever it's out. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. All right. And also, Clive Barker famously hates the fact that uh, Pinhead was called Pinhead. Uh, he hates the name Pinhead, because I think in the book it's just called the lead Cenobite? Mm. Pinhead was very much named by the fans, and he's like, I hate it! So anyway, Pinhead. I like Pinhead. It's a good name. It is a bit dumb, though, to be it, fair. It, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's demeaning to the character, but, like, if your character has no name, it's going to get probably a name that just describes what they look like. Mm. And I think it makes sense, and I think it doesn't take away from the character. I don't think so. When someone says Pinhead, yeah, I don't think that he's called Pinhead. I don't think that's his name. That's not what he writes on his ID, you know? That's not what it's on his ID. It's kind of like with Michael Myers, how technically he's called The Shape. What? The Shape? In the movie, like, he's called Michael Myers, obviously, because everyone knows who it is behind the mask, but him as a killer is called The Shape. Yeah, and then they were just like, fuck it, he's Michael Myers now, everyone knows that. Uh, For the cast, we've got Claire Higgins as Julia the, uh, well, the stepmother. The stepmother. Was it a stepmother? Well, she's the stepmother to Kirsty. Uh, this is the first thing that she ever did on screen. A lot of, uh, theatre work before this. She was also in Golden Compass and Ready Player One. And I think she plays a very unlikable character very well. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. That's what I was gonna say. She might be my favourite in the movie, just because of how much I hated her. Yeah. Yeah, she makes a very good, like, she's clearly just making the incorrect decisions almost all the time. Mm. But she also seems realistic, which makes it makes you more angry. Yeah, you can see why she's doing things, where she's coming yeah. from. Which is what I like about this movie is that, yeah, it, it, it is a bit more human rather than the mm. characters are just meat sacks to get murdered. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I think that what makes it maybe not so much scary, mm. but a little bit more, like, disturbing, Mm. is that 
they seem more human, which means it could happen more readily, the decisions that they're making. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Like, you could see someone making the decisions she's making, and that makes you angry. Yeah. How dare you make those decisions? Because that's often something that, like, people who watch horror films get angry at horror films about. Like, oh, I wouldn't mm. walk in that room. I don't think there was ever a moment in this movie where I was like, oh, I wouldn't do that if I was that person. I think everyone made the right decisions for what their character was. Um, was. Their character was? Uh, I think there was some for me, but I guess we'll get into that. Uh, the husband, Larry, is played by Andrew Robinson. In the book, he's called Rory. I don't know why they changed huh. his name from Rory to Larry. I don't think it matters. I don't think it does either. He is Elam Garrick in Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I recognised him from. I like it. His daughter, Kirsty, is played by Ashley Lawrence. In the book, Kirsty is not their daughter, is instead a friend who has a crush on Rory. Oh. But is like, but Rory's married, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and wreck the marriage. Oh, I see. It's like a love interest thing. Yeah, they go for um because there's already a love triangle in the movie. In the book it's like a love square. <laughs> that's four parts. I think it's a love pentagram. Oh satanic. Sean Chapman plays Daddy himself, Frank. Mm. Who uh hasn't done much, but he was in that spy movie, The Fourth Protocol, with Michael Caine that was an option a little while ago. He was in that. Yeah, he was uh, he was alright. He was cool. He looked very um spy y. He was kinda of doing that bad boy pick up chicks sort of thing, right? Yeah. Because that was his whole thing was he liked to bang a lot. He's always searching for the next level of pleasure. Next level of pleasure. When he is a skinless boy, though, he's played by Oliver Smith. So two people plays Frank. Ah, yeah. I was going to ask if he was played by someone else. He really just goes in on calling himself daddy as well. Like, he's so committed mm. to this bit. I mean, so are we, to be fair, if you've noticed. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but so is society. Yeah. Society after this movie was forever changed and everyone just used daddy. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was this movie. You're very obsessed saying uh, this movie I don't think it was it. this movie. I think it was a slow change. But also, this movie doesn't use it very... Se- I mean, I guess Frank's trying to bang the daughter... I guess that's kind of his motif, but, he, you know. Well, he does say, come to daddy, in like a way that would imply, but also, I don't know. That could just be me projecting. He does say it in the way that we would say it now. Yeah. Which is creepy. But ahead of its time, quite frankly. Ahead of its time, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. Quite frankly. <laughs> oh! <laughs> comedy. Doug Bradley plays Pinhead. Uh, I, th- I think he's still playing in Pinhead. I don't know if he's going to be playing Pinhead in the, in the remake, but we'll talk mm. about the uh, sequels at the at the end. I, I don't think he will. They can quite easily replace him with someone else, I think, and they'll do that. Oh, his face itself, though, is showing, so it is kind of recognisable. Yeah. But if they're remaking the franchise, then yeah, just just get someone else. Get someone I feel young. like he'll be left to the wayside, which is a shame, because I, I, I think he was quite good. He's good. His voice is good. I like the Pinhead voice. Mm, yeah, yeah. It, it was just that level of um, authority mm. that that was, like, believable. If for some reason you care, the other Cenobites are called the Chattering Cenobite, later redubbed the Chatterer. And he's got his teeth. I know the one, because he's doing his little teeth thing. Uh, the one with the glasses is called Butterball, for some reason. <laughs> 
That's so funny, thinking about where Butterball, like, got wrecked by the house. Yeah. What an idiot. Uh, it really uh, is. Just a dum-dum. That, that's, that's, the, that's the one that's like, the reason he doesn't speak during this film is whenever that he speaks, all the other ones go, Shut up, Butterball, you <laughs> yeah, fucking exactly. idiot. He's Shut the, the fuck up. No one asked you. Exactly. He's the John yeah. Candy of the bunch. He's the, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then the female Cenobite doesn't have a name. Ah, oh. Doesn't have a name. We'll, we could call her Mummy Cenobite. Mummy. Well, she's got like her throat open, which is, which looks yeah. amazing. So we could call her, um, actually no, everything with the word throat. Or just feels, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. How about, how about throat mummy? Throat mummy. Oh, I hate it. I, 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 I hate it, but it's on brand with this whole universe. <laughs> So, uh, 72% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the audience score is 72% as well. Wow, that's a consensus. That's the first time that's ever happened, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's the first time the audience score and the uh, critic score has aligned exactly. Aligned exactly. It's very unusual. Also, IMDb, 7 out of 10. So close. Yeah, I think the consensus is that it is just like a very seven, mm. seven point seven out of ten. You know exactly. Yeah, a lot of the reviews at the time were like, "Looks incredible, super gory, special effects were a bit rushed, but it's not the worst thing we've seen." Mm. Some of the some of the lines are a bit corny, mm. but it's fine. Oh yeah, but that that only enhances a movie. I feel. It did cost a total of $1 million. Very cheap. Ooh. Very cheap. What do you think it made? Only $1 million. Wow, mm. that's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, you you were saying it was a cheap film, but even still, yeah. I thought you'd say like $2 million, $3 million. Well, yeah, like the $1 million would be... It's mostly one location, like the house. Yeah. And then yeah. just the special effects, I guess. It's like the outfits. And it got released as like a indie and then it got a worldwide release. Yeah, so I'm counting I'm counting US, UK and Canada. Their box office is mm. the only numbers that I have. So I've just combined okay, them. Okay, their box Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. No no no, that gives me a good range. Doesn't count Australia, but we don't count as a country, so it's fine. Yeah, well we don't exist. No. We're paid actors, remember? We're fake. Sometimes I forget. Uh, because I'm Canadian Zach, <laughs> yeah, so I'm Canadian not actually Zach. a paid actor, but now I'm pretending to be a paid We've actor. We've really it's brought weird. back the canon of this show in the last few episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to keep it canonical, Sandro. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've gotten a little off track there. 30 mil. I always say 30 mil. Pretty close. It's uh, 16 mil, just a little less. Whoa, a lot less, I'd say. I mean... <laughs> That's half. You could see it that way. You could see it that way. I prefer to see the good... And, yeah. uh... I mean, that's what? That's 16 times profit? That's pretty good. I think that's pretty solid. And this was, of course, a massive hit on VHS. Mm, mm. Uh, taglines. There's four taglines. Ooh, I'm excited. Thumb up or thumb down. Pick your favourite. The first tagline is... Demon to some, angel to others. Yeah? Okay, I liked that sort of aspect of them. Mm-hmm. Because they, they gave pleasure, but, you know, is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Because you died for it. Who knows? Um, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a medium thumb. I don't think yeah. it's a great one, though. It doesn't get me excited to watch the, the movie. Okay, okay. The second one is, He'll tear your soul apart. I mean, that is a quote from the movie. I'm going to thumbs down that one, though. Oh, that's a classic line, though. I mean, it's a good line, 
but it's not a good tagline. True. You know, this makes me think it's a Michael Myers, you know? It's like, it's like if the tagline, right? Like, not all quotes make good taglines. Classic quote from yep. this movie is, I came. Imagine that being the tagline. <laughs> that'd be weird. No, that'd be a thumbs up from me. That'd be a big thumbs up. That'd um, get me in the cinema, that's for sure. The third tagline is, there are no limits. <laughs> yeah. No, that one's a thumbs down. I like the other one more, to be honest, yeah. And the fourth one is Satan's Done Waiting. Ooh. I don't know what the context of that is. It's a, it's an interesting tagline, though. I'll give that another shaky thumbs, because cause that makes me intrigued. Although, it would be it'd be before the movie I would be intrigued by it. After the movie, I'd be mad at it, yeah. because it's clearly marketing... Trying to get you in. It's not great. I lied. There is a fifth tagline. Whoa! Bonus tagline. The fifth tagline's actually a pull quote from Stephen King. Oh! Oh, okay. And it's, right. I have seen the new face of horror, and its name is Clive Barker. <laughs> Pretty good. I like <laughs> Big that. thumbs up. <laughs> Big thumbs up. Hell yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into the movie itself. The, uh, the, the font, just your classic white font on a black background. Mm. Nothing too fancy. You know what? That was a good segue, segue daddy. Just saying. Mm. I just want to throw it out there before we get in there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I got distracted a little. Yeah. Yeah. The font was good. The font was good. Yeah. It wasn't crazy. It was, it was just like every other font. Yeah. It's like a typewriter font. I think it is. That's the real thing it goes for. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I'll tell you what, I, I, I genuinely dislike how you have the font and then you zoom out and the font's, like, imprinted in this tiny circle in the middle of the cube. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was silly. That, that was, I, 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 was, I was a fan. Ugh. I was a fan. No, 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 no. <laughs> speed all over again. Hell yeah. That's what I was after. <laughs> Give me more speed. <laughs> We see um, a market or such, an oriental market. We know that's probably what was written on the script. We open in an oriental yeah, market. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, generic Asian whatever. Doesn't yeah. matter. You know, it's like, because everything mystical has to come uh, from yep. uh, Asia, you <laughs> of know? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it was a different time. <laughs> um, we see two figures sitting at a table. Mm. They, they, they broker a deal. As I like to call it, a daddy deal. Uh-huh. Yep. I I go to the uh, I go to the market, and I'm like, I like your product. Let me cut a daddy deal. And the store owner goes, please leave. <laughs> As they should. As they should. Yeah. I just imagine you at a supermarket. You 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 have to um you have to go to a cashier because you can't you you've tried the electronic ones mm. but it just doesn't mm. it doesn't feel right trying to ask the, the electronic ones <laughs> for a daddy, for a daddy deal. deal exactly you have to ask and the cashier's like wait are you trying to get a discount <laughs> you're no like, I just want a daddy deal it's it's sixteen ninety five is cash or card and also I regularly like announce myself as I'm going to the cashier as well i'm like daddy's come to haggle oh, and, no. and they're all like who is this person i'm i'm banned yeah from so many supermarkets yeah, around yeah. The I, I was area. about to say how many supermarkets don't allow you in anymore <laughs> all of them yeah i feel not i feel like they would allow you in maybe 
two or three more times mm. before they like start recognizing you as the daddy dealer. Yeah. And Oh no, 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 no. I'm not the daddy dealer. That's Steve. Steve's the daddy dealer. Oh, I I, see. I just want the daddy deals. I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we ever have an online store, the the discount code should be daddy deal. No, no. I am ending this daddy theme this uh, episode. It's gonna keep going. Gonna... It's gonna keep on going. Daddy doesn't stop. <laughs> quote end quote Ugh. okay <laughs> so uh he brokers this cube with a um a guy he says he says what is your pleasure mm. um which comes back right at the very end as well mm. um which i quite uh, i quite like that line because because we learn what it really means um but he deal he deals with this guy and after he uh leaves he he buys this box yes this cube it is a puzzle cube oh it's like a rubik's cube but it's golden and not at all like a rubik's cube yeah for those unfamiliar with puzzle boxes they're usually some it's it's just a it's like a rubik's cube except uh not necessarily you know uniform in its twists and turns and the idea is you have to sort of figure out how to unlock it that's the sort of puzzle in it and there's usually some tricks to a lot of them Mm. and uh he he gets this and when he buys it and walks away the the guy said like whispers under his breath it was always yours yeah that was cool yeah the whole opening is quite mystical in that you don't really know what is going on. You know some real messed up stuff is going on, but you're not entirely sure what is. I would say you don't really know what's going on throughout the entire movie. Uh, I think that's kind of the true. Point. True. I mean, there are points you obviously know what's know what's happening, but I think the overall magical part of it, I think, is deliberately vague, and I like that. It is quite vague. Which is good. I like the vagueness. Let your imagination fill stuff in. Yeah, are the Deadites actually demons? Deadites? That's that's Evil Dead Patreon right Oops, now. Uh, Patreon.com, Ollie, put a goodie pod. Get the, the, the Evil Dead episodes now. Great plug, plug daddy. Oh, um, plug daddy. <laughs> plug daddy, plug me harder. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, There's that explicit tag we were looking for. <laughs> what, are, what are they called then? They're not Deadites. Uh, what are they called? Cenobites. Cenobites. Pretty close. You can see where the confusion was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Cenobites, are they actually demons? Are they aliens? Because they say they're explorers, right? Yeah, like interdimensional. But does that make them an alien? Uh, Would that be an alien? Probably, I don't know. We'd never answer those questions. It's for you to decide. Are Ooh. they demons, angels, aliens, interdimensional beings? Are they just racists? That could be it. What? Yeah, they're just a bunch of racists. Elaborate. No. Please. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> this person who has bought the box brings it to a quite uh, rundown, spooky room and plays with the box, manages to open it up, and when he opens it up, hooks spout out from it. Yeah, he's like surrounded in this dark, dingy room with just candles lit up, some almost satanic ritual looking thing. And yeah, these hooks appear out of nowhere and we just see him scream. I hate the visual. Of the hooks. I love and hate, I should say. Like, when they are, like, hooking into his flesh? Oh, yeah, it's gross. It's it's real. Mm, yeah. Makes me uncomfortable. Because it's just, you can see the, the hook goes in, 
and it like pulls the flesh and blood mm-hmm. starts pouring. It's very good. It's very good. But also, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable whenever I saw it. Yeah, it's real yucko. It's real yucko. Real yucko. We then see like the aftermath of this, which is the room with this tiny bits of flesh hanging from random hooks. A shattered face is lying on the floor. But it's it's not the same. It's not the same room. It's a different room. Yeah. And we see Pinhead mm. for for just a moment, just a moment, as he rearranges the parts of the guy's face. That looks real good. That 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 looks good. That was incredible. I love that. That was awesome. He's got very like regular looking hands. Pinhead, because we see a close-up on his hand as he's kind of putting the box back together, and it doesn't really look like there's any of, like, the white paint on his hands. Oh, I, I don't remember that. This is something that I noticed, and I was like, this is some <laughs> well-manicured hands there, Pinhead. Mm. I like it. Nice hands, Daddy Pinhead. <laughs> I'm sure that changes in the sequels. I'm sure his hands get grosser the further into the sequels you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's something I didn't take notice of, but you were clearly very, very enamored by. This isn't a very sexual movie, by the way. There is sex going on, but... Well, the book is incredibly horny, so that's probably oh. why. <laughs> I mean, there is quite a bit... Actually, there's quite a bit of... Sex is involved because the whole thing is she cheats on yeah. her husband with the brother. But it's not—it's not like super explicit. The movie, the book, it, there's passages that feel like they're out of Fifty Shades. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, uh, yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. Mm. Um, so a new couple arrive at this house, Larry and Julia. Uh, they are probably like mid forties, something like that, maybe early fifties. And we go through them going through the house and we get a bit of exposition yes. through their conversation. So we know, we learned that this was Frank, his brother's house for a bit, mm-hmm. because this was their old house. This was their mother's house. And so Frank has been using it as a hideout. Frank doesn't want to sell it because he wants to use it as a hideout. Yeah. But now they don't know where Frank is. Like, we haven't talked with him. And they're thinking of moving into it. Yes. They find uh, his little his little makeshift bed. Yeah, he's like his corner of a room where he's got his bed. He's got some uh, naughty photos. Yeah. Was it on the bed? Some of some of them were on that same bed. So he's been bringing girls back to this crappy ass bedroom. Yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> yeah, unrealistic. The bedroom sucked. I wouldn't have banged him if I saw what was happening. <laughs> but he is a bad boy. Mm. He's got a lot of charm. So maybe, maybe we do see as well flashbacks. In this moment, as Julia is looking at the photos, we get flashbacks to uh, when she met Frank. Frank showed up mm. wet on her doorway. No, he wasn't the only one. Oh, and then they got together. And yep. yeah, like I immediately j- just wrote down, wow, this is way less horny than the book. Mm. Though to be fair... It kind of couldn't go did you want that to, far. Do you want half of this film devoted to just being a porno? Well, that's what the book is, though. But that's also yeah. what makes it... It's an interesting read because it is very, very, very explicit. But the book as well does make it feel a bit more... Um, 
I don't know, darker? Yeah, books can always go into more detail than films can. Yeah. Whereas films have limited amount of time and things that they need to appeal to everyone. And classification as well. I mean, they had to remove some uh, of the more gruesome moments of the film as well from cinemas. Um, yeah. So there's that as well. It's it, it's the strengths and weaknesses of both mediums. Yeah. Books can go into more detail, whereas movies can have more of an impact with the visual and representation of stories yeah exactly and and the movie does still have those underlying themes of well i mean (laughs) one of the main themes of the whole franchise is pleasure so obviously that's an underlying theme but you know it still has that pleasure is the overall theme sex is an underlying theme of the pleasure itself so i feel like it's more prevalent in the books obviously as uh the books are about pleasures and other things but that's that's right. I think yeah. they did all right with it. They did. You still, you still get the idea. They, they get together. She falls in love with him for some reason. It's. I don't know if it's love. I think it's just um an obsession kind of of her because mm. she's not like she's. I guess in love with Larry. Mm but not in a physical way, I guess, which she is with Frank. Yeah. Which does make it, like, more human, yeah. And it's, uh, I like it because, she, you know, she's like a stuffy, proper lady. <laughs> yeah, very British. Yeah, 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 but she gets it on with the the, the hunky bad boy, you know. It's and, the classic sort of thing. And I think he does say as well, come to daddy, in that scene as well. Mm, nice, which great. Which was good, which was good. And, oh, yeah, and uh, he would be very good at sex, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, he's all about pleasures, right? Taking it to the next level of pleasure. Mm-hmm. So presumably, he's good at banging. Yes. They don't ever really go into the BDSM stuff in this either. The what? Um, but in the book, he's very much into that. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, That yeah. makes sense. No, there was none of that. No, it was just the chains. But it, but it would have made sense. It would have made sense, yeah. yeah. I'm actually surprised that they, they didn't do a bit of that. No, especially because it's directed by the guy who wrote the book. But I guess he was just like, eh, they're both their own separate sort of thing. It's a, yeah, they need to make the film a little more tame in that area if they want it to sell. It's also based off, like, parts of it are based off the author's, like, his experience as a sex worker as well, which is, like, really interesting. He kind of puts some of that into it. Which is probably why he hates the sequel so much, because they very much don't go in that direction. But anyway, Ah. we then see that Larry, just the absolute oaf, has cut himself on a nail. Ah, what a a baboon. Yeah, we see them starting to move in, Mm. and he, he baboons it up and cuts himself on a nail. And then he's like, oh, woe is me. I can't stand the sight of blood. I'm going to faint. To be fair, that cut looked very deep. Yeah, that cut, that cut was awful. That, that made me hold onto my hand. I cringed. So he walks into this room uh, where Julia is bleeding profusely from the hand and he bleeds all over the floorboards. Yes. Uh, but they're too distracted with the cut to notice the blood seeps <gasps> into the floor. It seeps into the floor. Disappears. And we see in the middle of the floor, it's one shot. We never see the shot again. But there's like an in-between of the floors. Mm. And in that, we see some like uh, flesh just scattered everywhere and a beating heart. Yes. Because it starts to beat when it absorbs the blood. It absorbs the blood. And then they leave the room to go and bandage him up and we see mm. what has to be probably the most incredible piece of practical effects I've ever seen. Yeah. 
which is this body being reconstructed mm. from the floorboards, coming up. There's mucus everywhere. This is a great scene because it starts off with the floorboards doing that, like, shake thing. Yeah. And there's, like, light coming out from underneath. It's like a spaceship yeah. uh, entrance or something. But then this body gets constructed from this ooze that oozes out of the floor. It's it's pretty yeah. wild. And it just, like, it slowly kind of stands up on its hands as... There's, like, a jaw on the floor that it picks up yeah. at one point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, great. like, it's it's incredible. It's yeah. gross, uh, but, it's, yeah, it's real, really well done. Yeah, it was awesome. He becomes, like, a half-body, like a like a zombie crawler, almost. Yeah. It's impressive that he got that much from that amount of blood, considering that he then needs multiple people murdered to regain mm. the rest of his tissue and, like, skin and stuff. Maybe maybe it's, like, uh, you know, because they're re- related. It's Ooh. more potent. Maybe. magic or something. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Who cares, quite frankly? Yeah. <laughs> frankly. His name's Frank. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Joke daddy. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Frank, Segway's daddy is back as well. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. that Segway doesn't work. <laughs> Fail, Daddy, more Fail. like it. So, so, we see, I think they have a party, an uh, opening party <laughs> yes. for the house. Yeah, I've been looking at this note that I wrote down, very confused by it, but you just saying mm-hmm. the party at the house reminded me of it. The note is, putting a lit cig in your mouth, so hot. And I completely forgot what the context of that is, oh, but... right, yeah. There's this guy at the kitchen table who is flirting with the daughter, Kirsty. The way that he's doing it is, like, he's smoking this cigarette, and he just flips the entire lit cigarette in his mouth, and then he flips it back out again. Yep. And she's like, no. And I'm like, what? In what world? <laughs> In what well, world? Cigarette, daddy. I was just like, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, that was very stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, they're young and stupid. That's true. Um, they are very young. And very stupid. Um, so, yeah, they have this sort of dinner party thing where uh, we see what's-her-face, the wife. She doesn't enjoy it, of course. No. I think she doesn't feel it because she's thinking about Frank. Yeah, all the memories have made her question stuff and bring up old memories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that... All that stuff. She's she's having a domestic, you know. Whatever. She realizes that. Oh no, I'm I'm stuck in this marriage. That I don't uh, I don't want to be in. I guess. Yeah. So she she excuses herself from the dinner table. Mm. And does she go upstairs? Yeah, I think she, she goes. goes upstairs, right? She goes upstairs to the spooky room. Mm. Uh, and she goes in there. And I think Frank is just like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah, and she's like. Yeah, there's a little bit of screaming, but she calms down pretty quickly and is like, oh, it's just Frank. Oh, hey, what's up? Oh, hey! Awkward! Oh, boyfriend Frank! Yeah, because at this point, he's got very minimal bones, so he would just be this... He'd be pretty small. Oh, hey, you're looking great! Yeah, Frank! And Frank's like, shut the fuck up, lady. I'm a fucking corpse. What the fuck are you on? What are you doing? You can't fool me. Anyway, bring me, bring me people to suck. Yeah, um, I mean, it's Frank, so really, it's not out of character. <laughs> suck up their blood. Suck you know, up the blood. Suck stuff. up the blood. Yeah, yeah, so Frank yeah. is like, I need some bodies. You bring some bodies to daddy. And she's like, all right. <laughs> Can we talk about the makeup for Frank, though? Yeah. He's so wet and gross. It's perfect. <laughs> 
I was like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. He looks like a walking body with no skin. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really I, it's good. It's very believable. Very yeah. believable. Yeah. He looks he looks like that thing you would find in like a, a medical classroom. Yes. Where it's like a dummy with all the flesh taken off. That's him. Yeah. That's what he looks like for That's a him. visual. Except more gross. More like gross. Like slimy. He's like slimy with like parts of bodies and other things, you know. Cause yeah. He's, he's like half grown in areas, so some places have muscles, some he's just bone. It's just yeah. Yeah, it's it's a real mess, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing it, and and Ugh. also though there is that moment where he does the coolest thing possible, even though he's just muscle and and mucus and goo he still puts on a nice white shirt oh right <laughs> he yeah, still yeah. makes sure to put on this like the, yeah, this he, nice he's gotta shirt dress nicely you know he's he's a charming individual exactly. he's gotta put on the charm you know gotta have a nice clean white shirt but here's the thing though shirts in the 80s old shirts real scratchy so i feel yeah. for him well here's the thing he only gets his nerves later on right oh, actually you're right there yeah he wouldn't feel anything because that was the sp- specific thing where he's like hey my nerves are back i am in pain <laughs> yeah i was like "Ooh, that's gonna be rough yeah yeah what's her face the young girl is julia julia she bumps into the mum, and mum's like oh wait no Kirsty. everything's fine Kirsty's the daughter Kirstie. julia's the mum. oh right well julia and Kirsty bump into each other mum's like i'm fine don't worry i'm good very not suspicious at all yeah and then, and then the Frank here is like, "Ooh, is that Kirsty?" Yeah, Frank's a little Ooh. creepy. Uh yeah. Look, I think that's the least of Frank's sins, to be honest. Uh, um, for now, anyway, he's gonna he's gonna literally like be stroking her later on. I feel oh. like that's much worse than being like. Ah, oh, yes, I can hear the name of my niece, yes. Mm. Like, later on, he's a little more pervy than that, I Yeah, feel. no, he says, uncle's here, come to daddy. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, Frank. Mm, unless... You're calling yourself the uncle in one thing, and then you're calling yourself the daddy in the ne- in, in the next sentence of this of this thing you're saying. Uncle's, uncles can be daddies. No, they so can't. No! Mm-hmm. Uncles can't be daddies. No, the thing is, they can be uncle to some and daddies to others. And here's this. Mm. What if his name is Daddy? Then he's Uncle Daddy. Oh, right? if his name's da- Uncle Daddy. That sounds like a really <laughs> bad Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> Uncle Daddy. Oh, God. It would be something like, um, his brother is a CIA agent who's missing in battle. Yeah. He's got to take care of the kid. He is Uncle Daddy. But they don't know who the father of which is. Oh, no. So is he the uncle or is he the daddy? <laughs> we really should write bad comedy movies from the early oh, 2000s. absolutely. Absolutely. So they had, like, they had a hangover thing where they, like, all banged and they don't know whose child is who. Yeah. This weird, like, virginity pact. They all lost it yeah, at this yeah. party. <laughs> oh, yes. That's so... <laughs> that does sound like an Adam Sandler thing. It's like, well, I don't want to die a virgin. <laughs> oh, I hate all of this. Yep. That no. would be a great movie. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a... 
a five percent at best on Rotten Tomatoes. Real low, real low. Mm. Although if maybe Owen Wilson can be the uh, can be be the brother, I think that'll help it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He he, Navy Seal. So Julia goes to a very high class <laughs> yeah, bar. Moving on, and picks up this dude, brings the dude back to the creepy room in her place, murders him with a hammer. Yeah, and she she's a pretty pretty hesitant. You know, because she's got to do a murder. Mm. But she's also an awful human being, as we find out. Yeah. And so she does it. Yeah, she murders a guy for, for Frankie. And Frank's like, oh, yes, mm. give me some of that. Yeah. And it looks good as well, because um, mm. in like a higher budget slasher movie, you might see the hammer really caving in the head. But... They don't have mm. the money for that. Instead, it's a lot of quick cuts, but it still looks really, really gruesome. You still get that impact. You get a bonk and then a lot of blood. Yeah. She she's murdered a, a dude, and she's a, she's a little little shaken up over the thing. Yeah, a little Frank bit. Frank gives gives the guy the good old suck. Oh yeah! After she makes the first kill, uh, Larry comes home and she's got to like hide the body in the the bathroom, which is pretend to be sick. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the dad comes home and she she uh like hardly's like, oh, what am I gonna do? So yeah. she grabs the body, like she has to take off her jacket because it's covered in blood, and then she grabs the body and just shoves it in one of the rooms. Mm. She hides in the bathroom, and he's like, how you doing? And she's like, I'm sick. Um, and he's like, oh, that's no good. And he's like, make me a brandy. <laughs> yep. And he's like, one brandy coming up. One brandy. That's the most British, like middle-aged British mm. spirit brandy. Oh, absolutely. I love a good brandy, though. I wonder if a joke has ever been made in the movie where, like, someone kills someone with, like, a real hot branding, like, iron, right? Uh-huh. And, like... Puts it to, I don't know, the throat or something. And then afterwards is like, make me a brandy. That feels like a Friday the 13th 11 <laughs> sort of <laughs> joke. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I certainly agree. I could use a brandy after that joke. <laughs> um, so she keeps killing people. Uh, she kills another dude. She, kill, she kills... Th- does she kill three people? I think. Yeah, I think it's three in total. Uh, you got two two horny horny dudes and one really nervous horny dude. <laughs> Very nervous. Is he the married one? I think he's married. Yeah, he's the married yeah, one. Yeah. 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 Uh, we also see murdered. that Kirsty is um is hanging out outside of the home and sees Julia bringing one of these dudes over. She um so so the dad has a dinner date with the daughter and they're like. They're talking about how, you know, the relationship's not going so well with her. She seems so distant lately, you know. Mm. Uh, so uh, the dad asks uh, the daughter, like, hey, can you talk with my wife? Try and, you know, figure out what's wrong. Maybe she needs a woman. Yes. So she goes over to chat with the lady and she spots Julia taking uh, a man inside. Mm. I, I was wondering if they were going to go, like, thinking that, She's cheating? That is, yeah, in the book, that's what Kirsty thinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I can only assume it's the same here. What they really should have done was a voiceover of of uh, <laughs> the daughter going, hmm, I wonder what she's doing. 
Is she cheating on my dad? I kind of want to make an edit where I grab that scene and then just put that over the top of it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. Put that on Instagram. I might do it. That'd be fun. Oh, no. What have I done? Oh, we should mention as well, uh, Kirstie's hanging out in the city and sees this weird, like, rough-looking dude just following her around. Yeah, so she she has a job at, like, a pet store or whatever, and she, she's been hanging out with a boyfriend in the city. She's been doing a job at all the time. She's been followed by this weird homeless-looking dude. Yeah, he's like eating grasshoppers out of a, a out of a tank at her work. Yeah, yeah. She he goes to her store and like grabs a good old handful of the grasshoppers that they feed to the animals. Mm. And he's just like, um, delicious. Delicious. Anyway, he's important for the end. Yep. I like him. That's a new thing. That's the only part of the movie so far that's absolutely not in the book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. We see a shot of a bunch of rats nailed to a wall. Yeah, yeah. Because we see later on that Frank goes to murder his brother. Yeah, that's right now, actually. That is right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, And she goes, no, don't murder him. So he instead just, like, cuts the top open of a rat. Ugh. Very unpleasant. Ugh. I know it's a fake yep. rat, but, it, like, it looks... Oh, boy. Yeah. Ugh. It looks real, and that's what matters. Yeah, she's like, no, don't kill don't kill Larry. Don't kill Larry. Mm. Larry's harmless. And he's like, fine, I won't kill Larry. Find me someone else. So that's when she finds the third person. Yeah, yeah. Brings him home. Uh, daughter spots it. Daughter creeps in just in time to see uh, the half-sucked corpse yeah. uh, making an escape. And he's like, he's all fleshy and drained and he's like, help me. Yeah, it's weird that Frank let this guy get a chance to escape. Or maybe this happens every time, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's possible. But I think this one, because he was less... Oh yeah, it's the nervous... Yeah, it's the nervous Yeah, he's dude. nervous. He mm. was already a, a bit flighty, so he was already planning his escape, <laughs> yeah. you know? So Kirstie's immediately like, well, something's up here. Yeah, no shit, because she sees a fucking dead guy <laughs> just try to thing, and she sees Frank, doesn't she? Yeah, well, yeah, she goes into the creepy room, sees Frank there, and Frank's like, it's me, it's Frank, Uncle Frank, come to daddy. And she's like, no, what the fuck, get away from me, which was a very, uh, yeah. very realistic reaction, I think. She finds the puzzle box on the floor... And he's like, no, don't touch the puzzle box. It's my precious thing. Don't touch the box. She's like, oh, you want this box? Go fucking get it, yeet. Yeah. Through a window. Throws it out the window. And he's like, no. Now, I have a question for you, Sandro. Uh, yeah. What is this question? While, while this is all going on, uh, what is uh, Julie doing? She's crying in, she's crying in the bathroom. She's real upset. Is she? No. Uh, she just kind of disappears. Yep. <laughs> For a bit for this movie. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where Julia went. Yeah. I guess she's hiding from maybe Kirsty. Uh, the movie just kind of forgets about her for a sec. Yeah. Nope, we just we don't get an explanation, so she just disappeared for a bit. Anyway. Anyway, Kirsty throws the box out of the window, and Frank is knowing so much that he uh, he lets her run out of the room because he's so busy yeah. going no. And so she runs out, and she runs out of the house, and she's like, oh, I better pick up this cube while I'm on the way out. We get one part that I really, really didn't like. The only part mm -hmm. of this movie... Well, the scorpion thing as well. <laughs> Why do you hate Peter Scorpion so much? 
It, yeah, it was it was weird. But that's coming up. <laughs> but this part, she's walking through town with the box, and she's mm. remembering events that just happened. And we get that dumb cliche. I genuinely dislike mm-hmm. it. Where we get the dialogue from Frank explaining something about the mm. box that she overheard, but it's slowed down. It's in a deeper pitch. And we just heard, we just heard this. We just heard it. There's no need to replay it. Oh, yeah. It was so dumb as well. Yes. And she's like, wow, this box must be important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie rubs it in just a little bit too much. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, I thought that was one. Because uh, he, he says daddy in the flashback of else, so it's like, <laughs> dad, come to <laughs> And I think that's when she passes out as well. She's walking down the street and just passes out. Which is incredible. <laughs> and then you have some passers by like, you okay? <laughs> that's good. She wakes up in a hospital room and they give her the puzzle box, which is a very smart idea. Good work, doctors. Mm. They don't know, to be fair. But also... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's hers, so I don't think they can kind of, like, keep it from her. Yeah. How how do the, the you know, the, the doctors know that this puzzle box is, like, an interdimensional travel device? Well, they would like... have looked it up on their phones. They would have gone to Creepypasta and seen all the urban legends... Oh, hey, this is this is the, the creepy object from Hellraiser. Oh, oh crap. Oh, no. Wait, what does it say about the doctors in here? Oh, very handsome and smart. Yeah, Ooh. I'm going to edit the Wikipedia page for that. <laughs> add that in. Do they die? They don't. That's fine. No repercussions. We'll give her the box. The movie can keep going. We'll give her the box. Yeah, continue yeah. on. So she plays with the box. She solves it. The weird magic effects were kind of whatever. Mm. Um, and But it opens a door. And by door, door, I mean the wall opens up. We see a corridor. It leads to a gothic hallway that she walks down. And she's like, ooh, creepy hallway that just opened up. Better walk through there. Yeah. Classic. That, yeah. I, yeah. Look, I was saying earlier that there's no moments where characters do things that they wouldn't do in real life, but maybe this is one that, of them. That that was what I was going to bring up, but I was also going to put out the point that maybe she is trying to escape the Doctor's place, so maybe she True. thought this was a way out. True. And it sort of was, but also, don't go in creepy corridors that open up when you open magical boxes, kids. I would say just don't go in creepy corridors in general well you know it depends have you ever had a good experience in a creepy corridor oh all the time oh all right <laughs> yeah I, I regularly go around i'm like oh creepy corridor better walk through there actually you know what come to think of it i haven't had a good experience in any creepy corridors <laughs> i was gonna say wait a minute at the end of this particular creepy corridor though is a yeah uh, it's fetus scorpion fetus yeah. scorpion baby <laughs> Which is so obviously on a track, just like moving on a track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, I like that he made uh, some nice, uh, lovely baby sounds before we saw him. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I love I love it when horror movies add just random baby sounds for no reason. It's because it's, it's babies are creepy. They are. Yeah. They are awful. Hellspawn. Hell devil. Hell satans. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Hellraisins. Hellbrazer. It's a brazer from hell. <laughs> yeah, I got that from the name, actually. <laughs> he's brazen beef, but he's from hell. Ooh. It's Gordon Ramsay's new show. Yeah, with a bit of hell raisins on top. Ooh, delicious. Yeah, with some hell raisins. They're raisins, but they were grown in hell. <laughs> yeah, okay. This is a, this is a terrible show. 
idea. It's a terrible bit. I don't like uh, this bit. So, so she gets chased by the scorpion fetus. Yeah. And she she runs back into the doctor's room, plays with the puzzle box. She's like, yeah, ah. because it's something like if you don't solve it correctly, you get sent to this weird place with the demon baby scorpion. She closes uh, that particular doorway and then opens up complete mayhem in the room. Like the IV bag mm. is like overflowing and it like fills up so much that it bursts. Starts shooting blood everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. The TV's going nuts. And uh, Pinhead shows up and the goons, the squad. And Pinhead says the line, the box. You opened it. We came. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Play with that box a little more. I really liked how Pinhead was like, you didn't know what you were doing when you opened this, right? Ah, it happens all the time. Yeah. This happens all the time. It's a real shame. Unfortunately, we've got to keep your soul for eternity now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like that makes sense. I feel like that makes sense. Look, the pact is you you uh mess with the box. You get lots of pleasure, but you also your soul's trapped here. Yeah, doesn't matter if you did it by accident. No, I like that part. I like that part as well. The glasses yep. guy, Mister Butterball, keeps licking his lips, and it's very mm. disturbing. Now, here's the bit where I actually had the most problem. She goes, "Hey, you know Frank?" Like out of the blue. Like, wait, why does she bring up their uncle? Well, because he had the box. Yeah. But she really thinks on her feet right now because I, yeah. I don't think it's realistic that she would go, oh, hey, you know, Frank, that guy you, 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 you know, captured. Yeah, because I think she overheard Frank telling Julia his story. So I think mm. she knew a certain amount of what happened that he like escaped from them. Did she? Did she hear that? Because I'm pretty sure Frank says, I escaped from them and with your help, I'll be able to come back to my earthly form or whatever. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I missed the bit where she overheard that. Maybe she did. I'm not sure. But I think that's what happens. She's like, uh, hey, how about instead of doing this all to me, I'll get you Frank back and then I can go free. My question, though, is mm. she's just saying Frank, no last name. I'm sure there's, there's a lot of Franks that open the box. Yes, but also... It's context clues. I'm sure Pinhead can get the context clues. He's a smart chicken. Pinhead does look quite smart. This is true. Yeah, yeah. Literally last week, we had a guy called Frank come in. Mm. Uh, look, looks uh, related to this this one here. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the one she's referring to. But yes, he should have put on his glasses and go, Frank, Frank, who? Which Frank? Last name, please. Burr, Which Frank? Frank? We've got a lot of Franks here, actually. Been around couple of centuries, you know? couple of millennias. Oh, you mean Frank Daddy. Uh, yes, I see Frank Daddy right here on my list. Ah, uh, Frank Daddy, yes. Frank Uncle Daddy. Frank Middle Uncle name. Daddy. Middle name Uncle, last name Daddy. Daddy. Oh, that's weird. I see him checking out. I didn't even know that was a section on my book here. He's the only person who's ever checked out, actually. Well, that's not good. That's not good. We should get him back. No. All right. Well, seeing as you've put a good deal on us, young lady, we'll let you go for now. But if you double-cross us, or you know what I'm going to have to do to that soul, young missy? Mips, turn your And that's the exact quote. That's the exact quote. That's what he says. I was like, why is Swedish chef? Hey, question, random tangent time. Did you ever 
um, do that thing where like you got a board of wood, you put nails into the wood, and then like strung like rubber bands across the nails to have them stretched out, and then you could kind of play it, kind of like a guitar. It would make like a note. I think I've done something similar. I did it. No, I did it with a tissue box. Oh, okay. So you put the rubber bands over a tissue box, and then it made a little guitar thing, and then you played a guitar. If Pinhead did that to his head, he could be like a one-man band. He's just playing his head. He just puts... Oh, I see. I see where this is going. I was a little confused, but now I see. I see, yes. He just has all these rubber bands, and then he's like... Just like, whenever he scratches his head, he plays a little tune. Yeah. Pinhead in his one-man show. Yeah, band head. Band head. Yeah, because not only is he a one-man band, mm. he's also using rubber bands on his head. Band head. I like it. I like it. Smart. Now that's a p- pleasure of the universe. Oh. I heard one. And speaking of pleasures, Daddy segues back. Oh, no. Speaking of pleasures, Frank has taken over Larry's body. Oh, yeah. Well, he hasn't taken over his body. It's more like he skinned him alive and then put it over his skin. Yeah, you know? he's wearing the flesh. He managed to get it pretty well, like, on his face. It lines up almost yeah. perfectly. It's almost like the actor that plays Larry is is now playing the part of Frank. Because we see that there's, there's like, gore on his ear. Mm. Like, that's where they've, they've, like, cut him open. So that's clearly not the case, Sandra. Yeah. Clearly, the actor skins the other actor alive oh. and wore his skin. <laughs> oh, that's why none of these actors really did anything after this. Not because... They went to do TV, like Deep Space Nine. No, 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 no. The no. actors murdered each other. Yeah, the actors died in, to make this film. Just like every five-year-old child believes. Any yeah. actor that died in the film had to die for to the die. film. To die. Um, so so uh, we do get a bit of a moment where the movie doesn't explain that it happens, so it's a little bit of a mystery. Mm. We don't... Uh, if you were maybe 10 years old, you wouldn't realise that Frank had taken over the guy's body. It's a bit obvious. It's a bit obvious. kind of obvious. But I like the little bit of a mystery there where she doesn't realise that um, it's Frank, yeah. not her dad. It's clear something's going on. She's certain something's going on, but she's not sure exactly what. So she wants to see, like, Frank's body. Cause, so, so Frank tells her that Frank is dead. Mm. And that his own body is upstairs. It's like, I had to kill him. Oh, yes, he was so evil. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's almost like complimenting himself. He's like, he's, he's one of the evilest people I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he shows her the body and she's like, oh my God, Frank's dead. Oh no, my soul's going to be taken by the, the, the pinhead now. But don't you worry, little lassie, because your dad's actually dead. And it's actually Frank inside the, the, the body. And the way that she finds out is uh, <laughs> Larry tells her, oh, I know you're upset. Come here. Come to daddy. And she's like, oh, you're actually Frank because you said the word daddy. Larry, that's, yeah, my daddy's never said daddy before daddy. Yeah, there's a few moments in this movie that are really cheesy. And this is one of them, yeah. but it just adds to it, to be honest. Oh, it's very incredible. So she runs from him. He tries to stab her. Yeah. And misses yeah. and stabs. Stabs Julia right in the stomach. Julia. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not angry about it either. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, but it had to be done. That's the, well, that's the thing. I think he was planning on betraying her. Yeah, definitely. And then he accidentally stabs her and is like, well, 
It was gonna happen eventually. Yeah. And then he, uh, then he does a little suck on her. Just a little quick suck. Takes some of her life juices. Also, Kirsty at one point grabs his face and pulls some of it off. Oh, yeah. Like, when they're struggling, she, like, swipes at him, and we see, like, bits of his, like, yeah. claw marks of her nails, like, yeah. peeling off his skin. Ugh. Real yucko. There's a bit of a chase where she tries to hide... And she bumps into one of the bodies. The body, like, spews maggots onto her. Yeah, the body's so rotten that there's maggots in its throat. So when she pushes the body over, all the maggots come out. Ugh. Gross stuff. The only proper jump scare in this movie, but I feel like that was the, the jump scare was earned. Well earned one. Yeah. Eventually they both end up in the creepy room, though. Yeah, yeah. He, he confronts her in the creepy room, and he's like, ha ha ha. But then... The lights start to go strange, just like they did before. And somehow Frank doesn't realise what's about to happen. Yeah, I feel like he really should know. Because it's almost like they took the exact same scenes from the start of the movie and just played them again here. He really should be picking up what's happening. Yeah, he should have been like, oh shit, I've got to leave. And then, you know, the the door gets blocked off by chains or whatever, you <laughs> yeah, know. It does. Uh, anyway, um, sorry, Pinhead and the cronies <laughs> yep. and they're like yo what's up Frank it's your boys you gotta be damned for eternity remember oh naughty Frank tried to escape naughty we're gonna Frank have to, daddy um, we're gonna punish you in hell we're gonna give you a good old spanking if you know what I mean <laughs> actually no he would enjoy that except they don't spank him they in fact chain him as he goes to try and murder Julia just before any of this happens chains whip out to him and do that thing where they rip into his flesh mm. uh very uncomfortable as i mentioned before but even worse we get to see him hanging there yeah just as a second as his flesh starts to be stretched by it it's so stretched and he like licks his lips yeah I- I love this moment uh. in the book because it's it's all from Kirsty's point of view and she's like instead of praying for help instead of asking the Cenobites to release him he does a lewd motion with his lips mm. and tongue just to show how real just disgusting this guy is yeah, yeah. I like that moment in the books and that they kept it in this as well yeah and then he says Jesus wept which is the very famous bible verse being the shortest bible verse and speaking of short his life pretty short no. It's a good thing he chose it's a good thing he chose a short one because immediately after his body gets exploded by the hooks. Yeah, which was a little over the top, but uh it was, it was cool. On par for this movie. Yeah. Yep. He just explodes. Now, in the book, this is where it ends. Yes, that's what I was gonna ask. That's what I was gonna ask. Is that is that the end? Yep. Um, because it felt like where the movie should have ended. Yeah. The Cenobites are like, well, you delivered us, Frank. We'll stay true to our word, except you can have the box. The box is yours now. Do with it whatever you wish. And then she goes off. The book ends. Yeah. You know what? I think that is a better ending because it makes more sense for their characters. But instead, in the movie, the Cenobites are like, okay, now it's time for you to get got. And she's like, yeah. no. I didn't love that. You know what? Yeah, I, I, I would have liked it a lot better if they less did like, oh, now we have an action running around. It was still cool. I still liked it. I think it would have made a nice, cleaner ending if it was... Yeah, it was... It was still a well-done moment because we got to see more of the Cenobites. We got to see what they do as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, was cool. We, uh, we, of course, get to see uh, Butter Butterscotch over here. <laughs> Butter, Butterbean. Um, he tries to uh, attack 
them, but the house is collapsing. So the house just collapses on top of this interdimensional demon. Yeah, crushes him. Poor Butterball. And he, he's gone. That's it. That's it for him. And I was like, oh my god. He died like such an idiot. Yeah. Well, he didn't die, but he got got like such an idiot. We also see, because uh, he's mm. wearing glasses throughout the whole movie, he takes them off and he's got like teeth for eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just just for a second, it was good. Just for a hot sack. I liked the thing where um, whenever you close the box, it can actually send them away. So she uses that to send Pinhead and uh, Throat Mummy Ooh. away. I forgot that's, that's what, what we, we, we were calling her. I thought I'd bring that back Ooh. in, uh, just a yes. keep reminder. But then uh, Fetus Scorpion shows up. Shows up again. L- luckily, he gets stuck in a door, which was very dumb. Yeah, yeah. But he knocks the cube out of her hands. And so they have like a slap fight <laughs> with the cube on the floor. This is very movie. It's a very much a movie moment. Yeah. It's kind of dumb. It's very dumb. It's very dumb. But it was also enjoyable. Yeah, it's fine. She grabs the cube, shoots him away, and the house crumbles and burns. Yeah. And then uh, to wrap up the movie, the epilogue of the movie is she's standing by a fire. I think it's like some burning remains of her house or something. Yeah. Her boyfriend's there and they've got the cube and they throw the cube into the fire. Get rid of it once and for all. No one needs the puzzle box anymore. Ah, but then the homeless dude that's been following her all this time, he shows up and he walks into the fire. Yeah. Picks up the cube on fire and his flesh burns away to reveal... A bone dragon? He is a bone dragon! And he flies away with the cube. So, I haven't seen any of the Hellraiser sequels. I've got no idea if I expand upon this. But, 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 maybe an angel. That's a a good theory. But we do see at the very end the Asian fella and the market. He has the cube back again. So that could be the dragon. It could be. That's another thing. No, I'm just saying, I think it's just a a servant of the explorers that, like, just brings the cube back to the the Asian guy so he could sell it to another person. Maybe. Uh, And that is Hellraiser right there. Dusting off our hands of that kinky flesh. Get it off our hands. Ooh, it's a bit slimy. Oh, gross. No way near as horny as the book. Uh, But still really good. It's got so many great ideas. The visuals, mostly incredible. Really good quotes. Mm. And a lot of daddy. And I, yeah, (laughs) just a lot of daddy. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I definitely think if we get to the change remove section, mm. uh, change that ending to the book's ending, because I like the book ending a lot. More. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea that the Cenobites do have the rules and they play by those rules. And if they make a deal yeah. with someone, they stick by that deal. Yeah. Yeah. That make, makes more sense. That being said, they obviously wanted like a sequel or some action for the end. Yeah. It's like a running, I guess, theme with book adaptations from the 80s, though. Like, the uh, the original version of Pet Cemetery, the movie of Pet mm. Cemetery by King, by Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. ending of that book is, like, 30 pages worth that they stretch out to be half an hour for the movie. And they have wow. done kind of the same thing here as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, just taking crazy. a tiny part and just stretched it to be, like, this massive end kind of action sequence. Yeah, they obviously wanted to make it more epic. But yeah, that it's a goodie. It's definitely a goodie. 
Yeah, it's a goodie from me as well. Yeah, it's probably like a yeah, like three point five four. It's not amazing, but it's it's solid. I'd say seven point seven. Seven point seven. Yes. So that's uh, so you would remove an ad kind of the ending. Kind yeah. Of so around. I, I I like the sound of the ending in the books a lot more. I like the idea. Yeah. As as we discussed, I feel I feel like that makes sense for them that they're very rules based. Yeah. And that's how they do these sort of things. Is there anything else I would change? No, that's probably it. That's probably it. Otherwise, I think it's a really good film. Sweet. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what I would change. It's kind of the same with the ending, but I'll pick something different. Maybe maybe I would add more sexuality stuff, maybe, but also there's enough Mm. in this to kind of push... Yeah, more horny in my movie. Yeah, more more horny daddy. Give me more horniness. I need, I need, I need someone to refer to Pinhead as Daddy. Mm. You know, at least once. That almost definitely happens in many of the many of the many many sequels. And also, um, I would remove any of the visual effects that aren't practical. Just get rid of them. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Just get rid of them. That's a good idea. So you're talking about sequels. What what is the deal with these sequels? Well, Hellraiser, big franchise, big money maker. Uh, just like the Children of Corn episode that we did last year, mm. gonna go through them all. All right, let's let's talk about them. What what do we we'll got? Buckle up. Um, so first of all, first thing to mention is there is a sequel in the land of the books. Twenty fifteen. Yep. Clive Barker wrote a sequel novel. Wow. Twenty fifteen. So that's a big gap. Pretty yeah, very big gap. So so he made it after those movies came out, and he's like. These movies are shit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm make going my to own. make a proper sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. He did, he made this book out of spite. It's something about a de- a detective's friend or family member gets taken mm. by Pinhead, and then and then yeah. the, the the detective has to find out what the heck is going on. But anyway, the actual sequels. 1988. One year later, we got Hellbound, Hellraiser two, written by Clive Barker. This is the only one that he's properly mm. involved in. All right. The plot is uh, Kirsty. It's still following her. She's she's sent to a psych hospital. Of course. And one of the doctors accidentally lets the Cenobites into the hospital or something. God damn it. Yeah. That does sound very stupid, but it is the classic. Oh, this lady who went through trauma, now she's in a psych ward. (laughs) People think she's crazy. It's it's exactly the same as the original Halloween 2, entirely set in a hospital. Yeah. Um, So they're just kind of doing the same thing. I apparently it's all right though. Apparently the second one's not too bad. Yeah, I've heard that the first three were okay. Yeah. So n- number three is Hellraiser three, Hell on Earth. Something about Pinheads turning humans into new versions of Cenobites. Oh yeah. And it's also like he's mainly on Earth. He's like a he's going on he's going on like a murder spree or something. It's more of a slasher, I think. Ah, interesting. The fourth one is Hellraiser Bloodline from 96. It's like three short Mm. stories. Oh. Each involving the same family, but in different time periods. Like one set in like ye olde days, one of them's present, one of them's far future. That could be good. Maybe. (laughs) But I have a feeling that they aren't by the fourth one. That is the last one to be released in theaters. All the rest are direct to video. Oh my god! So okay, maybe wait, it destroyed more? the franchise forever. Oops. 
Hellraiser 5 is called Inferno from the year 2000, about a detective who finds the box at a crime scene and has to figure out what the heck is going on. And that went straight to... That went straight, yeah. Yep, yep, okay, yep. yep. Hellraiser Hellseeker was released in oh 2002. Oh my god. They really need new ideas. It's something about a car crash caused by something and... In the car crash, uh, the wife dies, but the husband survives, and then he's got to find out what happened. And Kirsty's apparently in it again. Oh, my lord. She's back. <laughs> I don't know. Money, I guess. I guess. 2005, Hellraiser Deader. Hellraiser Deader? Yeah, I know. It's awful. It's the worst title. The movies may have gone downhill, but the titles are the real victims the, of this. this. All the titles are awful. I'm not going to lie. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. A London reporter finds a group of people who claim they can bring back dead people. So I guess mm. they use the power of the Cenobites or whatever to do it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also in 2005, Hellraiser Hellworld. Wait, they, they put... Two out in one year? Yes, two out in one year. Yikes. If we're going to watch any of them, it's two, three, and maybe Hellworld. Because the concept is the best thing I have ever seen. Oh, crap. Hellworld. All right. You ready for the concept of Hellworld? Pinhead is back to torment computer hackers. Oh, no. Who have opened a virtual lament configuration on the Hellworld website. Oh, so there's a virtual version of the puzzle box God. on a website. No, that's so stupid. <laughs> I want to watch that so bad. Uh... 2011, Hellraiser Revelations. Bunch of teens find box, bad stuff happens. 2018, Hellraiser Judgment. More detectives doing detective mm. work. And that's all the sequels. Yep. Hellworld is the only one that sounds somewhat original. And by original, I mean terrible but amazing. <laughs> I don't know. Here's the thing: would if we did the other ones, would we skip all the other movies between just to do that one, or would we have to go through each oh, one? I guess if people want it, we could do it kind of like how we're doing Police Academy, mm. which we do need to do the next one of soon at some point. Can we not? <laughs> <laughs> the last one was good, but yeah, who knows? That, that one was alright, actually. Yeah. That's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think we'd have to go through them all. I guess. Mm, yeah, that's a tricky one. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe we'll put it up to vote. Would you prefer to do all of those or all of the Children of the Corn films, though? Which franchise? Mm, I don't know. They both sound like terrible ideas. <laughs> um, a few months ago, there was news that Hulu has acquired the rights for a direct remake of the first movie. What, of Children of the Corn? Of, of, Hellraiser? of Hellraiser. So I think they're remaking the original Hellraiser. Uh, except Pinhead's going to be a woman. Huh? whatever who cares i guess i guess i guess yeah no but like who does care why are you remaking it yeah that's true it's it that's a weird one on top of that as well hbo is working on a hellraiser tv show with the team behind the halloween movies okay yeah yeah I could see them making a TV show. It, I could see it being awful, but I could also see them making a TV show rather than a remake. Uh, next segment, I guess. Right, it's time for rubber, 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 raving reviews. All right, so first up is Daddy Robert. Are you serious? Daddy Robert. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to add Daddy to all their names because it's going to be funny. It will be funny. <laughs> we know how comedy works. Yeah, <laughs> Daddy Robert. All Hellraiser films are weird and unstable, thanks to Clive Barker. What does that even mean? I don't know. 
But there's two explanation marks. So, so it's... Oh, well, that's uh, explanation points make me think it is positive. I'm going to give this 3.5. It's two out of five. Two out of five. Great. Daddy Joshua says an unsettling premise and the practical effects still hold up well. B. Great. We've <laughs> yep. got a letter. Yep. Everyone's favorite. B's like a four? I'm going to go four. Four. Ah, it's 3.5. Ah, close. 3.5. Close. Yeah, you were close. You were close. We have uh, we have no someone who didn't have a username, so I'm just going to call them Daddy. <laughs> yeah. He says, who you calling a pinhead? I hate, like, every now and then we do a really popular movie and all the reviews are just nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing. Because there's so many people, I can just find the most nonsensical. Yeah. Who are you uh, calling a pinhead? Calling question a pinhead. mark. Um, it sounds like it should be a quote from the movie. Like, who you call a pinhead? Oh, but it's I not at all. That's definitely in Hellraiser Hellworld, though. That's definitely a quote yeah, in, yeah, in, absolutely. In Hellworld. Do you reckon he kills people with, like, a digital avatar? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure at some point he'll he'll grab the hacker, drag them into the computer, and like throw them in the trash or something to delete them. Um, I'm gonna say that. Oh, I just looked it up. The poster is literally the Matrix, but with Pinhead's head on it. Oh, <laughs> that's awful! I hate it so much. Evil goes online is the uh, tagline. <laughs> ah, that's that's a good tagline though. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm gonna say that's probably a. Five out of five. <laughs> Three out of five. Three out of five. Right. Okay, James says, and now we've got some long ones, so hear mm. me out. Despite it having very creative gore and effects, Hellraiser is not the type of horror movie that would stick out to me as a classic. Lacks depth and meaning uh, with a lot of its characters and makes a lot of confusing choices with its story particularly with its very bizarre ending. I wouldn't agree there. I don't think the ending's the most bizarre part of this movie. Well, yeah. It's weird, but it's not like... Now that we've talked about the ending, I, I get maybe where they're coming from, but uh, I thought that it, it had a lot of depth to its characters. Yeah. Not all of them, I guess. It, it does feel like a B-list horror classic, maybe. Mm, it's not yeah. as great as some of the big ones, but, you know, it's... it's... Yeah. It's all right. You don't have to be the best to be a classic. No. Uh, 2.5. Uh, it's 3 out of 5. Ah, okay. 3 out of 5. Oh, sorry. That was from Daddy James. Daddy James. Not, not regular James. Yeah. Uh, we have Daddy Emily. Oh. He says, <laughs> rewatch this film for the first time in maybe 20 years. It's uh, not as great or scary mm. as when I first watched it but still offered some dark tones and sweet practical effects. Mm. Not to mention the beginning of an iconic horror villain when you consider the kind of shitty ending I was slightly generous with my rating, simply due to the aforementioned reasons. Yeah, okay, so more people don't like the ending. Fair enough. A lot of people complained about the ending. I wonder if they've also read the book. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say Emily probably gave this... She said she was being quite generous with her rating, so I'm going to say four. I'm, I'm going to say four. It's three out of five. Okay. Three right. out of five again for the third time in a row. Now we have Daddy Ray, which I think we will all get along with Daddy Ray. He says, I watched this one after a party last sat night. 
I think they're coming for me. Skull emoji, skull emoji, skull emoji, thumbs up emoji, thumbs up emoji, uh, thumbs up emoji. How is coming spelt? Ah, uh, correctly. Ah, I want to go no rating, but that's only for Letterboxd. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. It's the most no rating I'll, review I'll, I've I'll ever I'll give you a one. clue here, okay? Yeah. Um, I watched this after the party last sat... And then it hasn't got a space, it's got a dot, night. Oh, it's five out of five. Thumbs up. Yeah, it's five out of five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah five It was obvious once you pointed out a misspelling that this was a five out of <laughs> yeah. five. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought the emojis would have given it away, but... Um... Sometimes emojis uh, can be used in quite a good way, though. I sometimes use my emojis. I disagree. If you've ever used an emoji in your life, you're a bad human being. Every single person on the face of the earth, aside from my grandma. Correct. <laughs> Um, David says the movie wasn't bad, just very messed up, and the effects were a little cheesy. Also, they don't really explain much, and it has a super weird ending. Yeah, pretty, that seems to be the general consensus. Yep. Uh, for most of these reviews, three out of five, I'm gonna guess. It's 3.5! Oh, I haven't gotten a single one right aside from the five out of five! Well, that's unfortunate, because that was the last review. Well, there we go. That's the episode right there on Hellraiser. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Bit of a long one, but the last two have been quite short anyway, so maybe we'll be mm. due for a long one. I don't know. I think uh, I'd like to thank our daddies on Patreon for uh, making... Our sugar daddies on they Patreon make, make it, for making this possible. Thank you very much. You. you can go check out our Patreon for extra bonus episodes, minimum two a month. Yep. Uh, we're doing uh, the Evil Dead series. We are. Uh, which feature uh, the Deadites. The Deadites, yes. Yeah, the Deadites, Deadites, which is the ones I was getting confused with. When is this episode coming out? I think uh, Evil Dead 2 is coming out on Wednesday. So check it out. It's a, it's a, it's some great things to talk about. Where there's some good episodes. Yeah, on those it's ones. good fun. Uh, and I think we mentioned it last week as well. But for the fourth and final one, the remake, if you will, mm. uh, Scorn Gaming from our Jaws and Superman episode. And now, now that's a real daddy. Now he's the Scorn biggest daddy. daddy I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh my god, I love me some Scorn Daddy. Uh, you, you can also follow us on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, uh, we've got an email address. We, we are on YouTube as well. That's sometimes updated and up to date. And, and also, if you want to review the show on iTunes, that helps get it out in front of a bunch of new people as well. So that would be greatly appreciated. Links to everything in the episode description. Now, Zach, you are picking next week's movie. Yeah. All right. What's my options? Tell, tell me about them. Options, Daddy. Uh, yeah, that, that's me, Options Daddy. Speaking of Options Daddy, that's right, Segway Daddy is still here as well. I'm both whoa, of them at the same whoa, time. I'm getting confused. Mm, multiple daddies living inside one daddy. Mm. Your first option is called Best Seller, or as I like to call it, Daddy Seller. I'm not doing this again, actually. I'm Can ending you, it there. Please not, please not. Not when I'm trying to pick them. <laughs> it will make you very confused. Yes. So what's this one called? Best Seller. It's about a hitman who works with an author to try and turn the hitman's life story into a book. Mm. So I guess he's probably, okay. like, re recounting his life. Sounds kind of interesting, yeah. The Big Town is a movie where a gambler Ooh. becomes romantically involved with two women. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. That's more than one. That's a no-no. What the, what the heck? That's a naughty. That gambler sounds like a real daddy. No comment. You've got Intervista. Ooh. It's by uh, Italian director Federico Fellini, one of the best directors of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, he plays himself Ooh. in a movie 
where he's getting interviewed for a movie and then weird stuff starts happening in the interview and he himself is reacting to it, but he also directed said movie. That is bizarre. Mm. And also, I feel like after you said all that, there should have been a... (laughs) 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 Christopher Nolan wishes he could come up with something original like this. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa, shots fired. All right, your fourth and final option is called Real Men. A CIA agent is teamed up with a citizen who looks identical to someone who has gone missing. They team up to find out the truth... About a conspiracy that maybe involves aliens. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> Wait. Oh, uh, it, it involves aliens? aliens? What? Maybe. That took a twist at the end. It also stars Jim Belushi, who was in that movie option from this week. Oh, right. Okay. Well, maybe we should give him a go. You want to give the Belushi a go? <laughs> yeah. I want to go on that Belushi, if you mm, know what I'm mm. saying. He's good in, um, he's, uh, he's really good in the Twin Peaks miniseries oh really this sounds this sounds rather interesting okay yeah yeah like i wasn't on board but when you said aliens and uh, there's weird body swapping hmm, maybe maybe we do that one could be interesting could be interesting i like the sound of the third one as well the director one it sounds like it could also be quite artsy yeah uh, which um we just did last week so yeah 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 exactly so maybe maybe we save that one for a patreon at some point or maybe something. or i'll just watch it or you could just watch it yeah that would that would also work see if it's any good so real men next week all right we'll do that yeah we're gonna wrap it up with the best quote from hellraiser mine is gonna be oh, the box you opened it oh we came <laughs> well my favorite quote is who you call a pinhead <laughs> i'm like Pin Daddy, yeah. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. <laughs> 